so instead of worrying about what word you're using, start answering the question. Start creating content that, that has one purpose, to answer one question that somebody has. Sooner or later, you'll trip over the right keywords. Today's episode is sponsored by WinTheHourWinTheDay.com, where we help you stop working so hard. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey listeners, I'm super, super excited. We are starting a new Facebook group and we are really just going to pull back the curtain and show you all kinds of ways that you can just constantly get ideas to execution, ideas to execution. So check out the link in the show notes and join the community. I can't wait to see you there. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day podcast. I am your host, Chris Ward, and today we have Lorraine Ball in the house. So Lorraine is the founder of Digital Toolbox Club, and she's going to talk to us today. We're going to try to get a whole bunch of stuff out of her. She's going to talk to us. We're going to start off with content-based SEO content. That was really well-worded, Lorraine. Okay, so I think what we're talking about here is really about how to produce content, whether it's a blog or social media or whatever, and then make it SEO friendly. So it comes up in the search. If I, if I mess this up, so it's unrecognizable to you, Lorraine, or jump in and save me. Okay, I'm going to jump in and save you. It's actually the reverse. Um, oh, what, what very content, good. <laughs> what content-based SEO is, is it's an approach where you throw out worrying about keywords. You okay. give yourself permission instead of going, okay, I have to write this blog that includes the phrase heating, air conditioning, Denver. Let okay. go of that. And I did that for years, so much so that I didn't even use keywords. So we don't want to let it go of it too much. Okay, so write the content. But All right, start from so, there. So instead, what, what you're doing with content-based SEO is you're starting with the question. Mm, because mm-hmm. everybody goes to Google with questions. That's what search engines are about. How do I? Where do I? What do I? Who do, who does, who does this near me? What the hell is this? Can I say what the hell? (laughs) Yes, yes, you can Um, say. You know, but, but that's what they're typing in. And so instead of worrying about what word you're using, start answering the question, start creating content that, that has one purpose to answer one question that somebody has. Sooner or later, you'll trip over the right keywords, but what you'll be doing is you will be matching content to questions okay. instead, of, instead of matching content to keywords. Right. Okay. So this sounds really, uh, I don't want to say simple, 
but it's easy to forget. I often say, oh, I forgot I knew that. What happens is when you're out talking day to day about what you do. So we're all about stop, you know, stop working so hard. We're all about entrepreneurs getting ideas to execution. So many entrepreneurs are caught in the web of admin 80% of the time. And we believe you should be in creation mode 60% of the time and admin mode 40% of the time. So I talk a lot about that, but then I could get caught up in writing a blog about, I don't know, how, how to avoid burnout or why, why entrepreneurs are working so hard, but that's not answering a question, right? So if I was then going back to here's uh, how, how to work less hours or how to delegate or, oh my gosh, that's a good one. You know why? <laughs> this is going to sound stupid. I just realized this. Somebody said to me the other day, as everybody just listen in and I'll talk to myself, um, myself, there's only one. I don't hear voices. Um, somebody said to often. me the other day, yeah, often she said, Chris, my, my issue is like, how do I delegate? And I said, you know, that's a problem. That's a fundamental issue because if you think of it as like delegating, then you have created the wrong team. Everybody, you want to be in a room where everybody's smarter than you. Like my team, I don't worry about delegating to them because they all have their area of expertise. I am the dumbest person in that room. I am not delegating to them. They, they have something they do way better than me. So even that I could write a blog on how to delegate, right? Okay. So, so the, so the, sorry, let me just close in there. So what you're telling us is really super simple, but I think none of us are doing it. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is you want to think about your customer journey. This is kind of a geeky marketing thing, Okay. but there's that first part of the journey where they don't even know what they don't know. Right. What are the questions people ask in the beginning? And often those are the, what is this? How does this work? Why do people use this? Okay. That's that information gathering. Then they move into that second phase where they're kind of evaluating. And now you get into a lot of is X better than Y? What's the difference between a life coach and a consultant? I mean, that's a, that's a big one. And so, um, you know, really it's, it's that kind of comparison and you're going to laugh, but comparison blog posts across the gap, oh. every industry that I work in, and, and I've been doing this a, a long time. If I look at all of my clients' websites, the very best blog posts, highest performing traffic, month in, month out, year in, year out, are the, what's the difference between a cannoli bean and a navy bean? Mm, What's the difference between engineered hardwood and traditional hardwood? And so if you have in your sales process those comparison questions. Well, you're offering me 30 sessions of X and this other coach is saying I can read a book. Yeah. What's the difference? Why is one better than the other? So the first kind of question and content-based is, I don't know what I don't know. The second area is I've started talking to people and now I know so much. I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm really in trouble. Okay. Let me jump in and give you two quick examples and you're really changing how I think. And, you know, as a marketing strat, I have a marketing background, but you can't operate on yourself and marketing such a big umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you get, you've, I, you just get lost in it. So one of them is I often get asked or it comes up, there's a lot of uh, places now that will provide virtual assistance for you. And they're like mm-hmm. an agency and they're prepped and they 
can type quickly and stuff. But the problem with that is you're new at hiring and you don't have the infrastructure in play. They can't come in and parent you. So you pay a premium for that, but this is why it falls short and this is why it blows up. And so I have to explain that to people, but I never compared that in a blog. I could definitely do that because that's a new industry. And then the second one is, People will often say to me like, well, how much time will this take? And it's like, no, we're not a coach that cheers you on. We're a strategist. When you show up, we get work done. We give you time for next week. You get extra time next week. You don't have homework to do and come back. And then I go, yeah, it's good. So coach versus how, what we do with our strategies is very different. And that really, okay. So now it sounds so naive, but we just have this information that we go around recycling and vomiting over people, but go with the questions, go with the comparisons and it will just change everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing is my guess is you get asked these questions and mm. you send emails. I'm going to give you one of my favorites is we've been building websites for, I don't know how many years and people would ask, well, why do I have to have why do I have to pay for hosting and web design and a domain name? Why can't I just have one fee for everything? And I answered that question so many times and it boiled down to an analogy of, well, I want you to think about your, your website as a mobile home and you can yeah. park that mobile home anywhere you want. But if you want it to be comfortable, you gotta have running water and electricity and that is provided by your hosting company. Mm. We build the mobile home they build, they provide the running water and electricity and your domain name, just make sure that your mail shows up wherever you move your trailer. Right. I said that so many times I finally wrote a blog post. Right. And that blog post 15 years later still gets traffic. Well, at least now I feel good that you answered it so many times and then you wrote a blog. So I'm not sitting here, you know, being foolish. You just, it's oversight when it's, you're answering it, right? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, this is awesome. All right. So, so that's the, so the first content is, I don't know what I don't know. The second is more the comparison. Now the third question, this really starts to narrow down to, I'm ready to buy. Um, sometimes it's, you know, is there somebody near me? So some geographic stuff in certain industries, um, with your audience being a lot of coaches and consultants and being able to work virtually, that's less important, but Mm. the questions that really kind of seal the deal are what's it like to work with you? How do I engage Uh. you? Um, uh, what can I expect in the okay. process? What comes next? I have signed a contract. What should I do next? Uh, okay. You know, it, it's, it's kind of the taking action. And so mm. now you create this content that kind of fits into those three buckets. And the beautiful thing is because you're answering the questions that people have, that content will generate organic traffic. You will naturally include the words and the phrases that not that you think people should use, but that people actually do use. And that um, that creates that great content that actually Google loves. And I could hang up on you right now and just start writing content. <laughs> yes. I won't take it personal. No, no, (laughs) because I write content all the time and I was told I was good at it. But you, what happens is 
and I used to say this about websites, people think it's like a book, like they're, they're going to start on page one and they're going to read it all the way to page six. And that is not how it happens. And so I know that, but when it's you, you feel like, oh, I have to start with a general level. Okay. The reason you're burnt out is because of this. And then I start the next thing. So, so I guess I think I'm taking them through the journey from A to Z, but that's not how it goes. You have to have questions and answers out there. So they hop in where they want. And I kind of know some of what you're saying, but it got lost in the shuffle and I didn't respect the simplicity of it and the profoundness of it. You, you know, um, I, uh, I used to tell, you know, people used to say, oh my God, Lorraine, you're really smart. I'm like, no, I'm really lazy. Mm. I, 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 what I always do is I look at the easiest way. I mean, I want to deliver value, but at the end of the day, I really want to find the easiest way to get the desired result. Yeah. And um, what I often recommend when people are trying to go, well, I don't know what to write. And I'm like, do you write emails to customers to answer their questions? And they're like, well, yeah, great. Go through your email, find those things you've already written and use those as the starting points for yeah. your content. And if you're like me, um, I'm high audio. Uh, nothing makes sense till it comes out of my mouth and then I can put it on paper. So pop up your iPhone and answer the question. Yeah. Create content that answers questions in multimedia form. Let me jump in here, Lorraine. That is a fabulous tip. And I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, you can type a good typer, a good typist typer. I've lost all my English today, but a good typist might be 50, 60 words per minute. And on the average person, I don't know, talks like 120 words per minute. I'd say 260 for me, but anyhow. So, but also what I find is when I do the audio stuff, when you sit down shoulders back and you start to type, you start like therefore and however you, you, it's just how we were taught. But when I talk, then it sounds engaging and conversational, which is what I then have to go back and edit my document and try to make it sound more interesting. So when you talk, it really does come out with the stuff you say to your client. So it is sincere. It is real. It is, it does have something you can sink your teeth into. And there's even a button now, guys, on Google, you just up there in the, in the tools and there's a dictation, you hit it red on and off. And I just talk into my computer and then it's so much quicker, less typing, and it's much easier to edit. Then you can have somebody on your team, turn it into proper grammar if you want, mm -hmm. and then go back and look at it later. But it, it just flows out so much better than when you try to write and you look, you start from the beginning and try to write something out on a white piece of paper, it doesn't work. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny because I have spent, I don't know, the last 20 years earning a living writing. I am not mm -hmm. a writer. I, mm -hmm. I'm not. I, and so my fallback is all has always been, you know, talk through it first and then write it. And when I started discovering good dictation and transcription tools, I spent yeah. $9.99 a month for Otter because Otter yeah. gets me. Yeah. Uh, other than my name, it pretty much gets everything I say, and it really does a good job of transcribing it. And we've developed a relationship, me and this yeah, yeah, yeah. app. Um, I know. Hold on, let's just spell that for everybody. Is it otter like the animal? T E R. Yes. Okay. All right. Got it. And um, I it might be otter.io, not .com. But okay. If you just search otter transcription, but um, we have a relationship, and if I don't talk too fast, Otter gets me. And so, right. you know, I've developed this habit. I put my phone in and I go for a walk and mm. I talk to myself 
And that is a great, I used to do it in my car when I was driving more, thinking through, okay, I just had that conversation and they asked me this, how would I answer that succinctly? Mm. It's right. Yeah. So So there's a good tip. We're asked questions all day long. And so just have somewhere, something on your phone where you can just add those questions. So you come back and then say here, now I need to write some content and here is my little file on my phone. Like in the iPhone, it might be your notes or whatever. And just keep adding to that question thing. And then you've got your content. Yes. And And it's authentic. It's in your voice. Yeah. And it's informative. And yeah, that, uh, that is the best kind of content because you don't find, you don't find yourself doing what I call the chest thumping me, me, me. I'm so good. But when you sit down to write copy, sometimes you slip into that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's very different than when you're talking. Okay. Wow. Take us on this journey. What do we need to know next? Okay. So I'm going to switch gears because we've, we've talked about kind of this content-based SEO and that's going to keep the search engines happy. But now you actually want to get human beings to notice it. Okay. And that's where as much time as you spend writing your piece, I want you to spend on your subject line or your headline, the title of the post, and then that little teaser maybe that you put on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever your world is. Because if you don't capture my attention with the headline, I'm not coming. Right. I read a thing in a book once and it was really profound. I always remembered it. And he was saying that when you're on a train, a good headline is if you were going 60 kilometers an hour, 60 miles, American here, 60 miles an hour, and you saw the bulletin board out of this corner of your eye, would you read it? Right. Mm -hmm. It has to be able to grab somebody like that. Mm -hmm. So where do we start with that? I know there's things online where you can test your your title and your hook, but sometimes I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't buy into that. I think they're a little formulated, but where do we start? So I think the first thing is um, there are categories. They're kind of groups of subject lines and you're going to find your rhythm. You're going to find what you like. Um, uh, one of the ones that everybody fell into for a while and they kind of work, but oh, every time I see them, I want to like throw up. It's <laughs> Five ways to do X. Right. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Because there is a rule that says numbers. Um, If if you're going to do numbers, don't make every headline about numbers because then it gets old. Use them sparingly. Um, But two rules about numbers, really small or really big. Okay. The reason it really small, because people look at that and go, okay, they... They're going to give, I can, I can, I can read three things really quick. I'll give them a minute of my time to do it or 101 different tips. Right. Okay. That's a really long list, but they got to be something on there I can use. Right. 10 and 15 in the middle. I ain't got time for that. And they should always be odd numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Odd, odd number. But I actually prefer some of the other, um, style tips. One is sort of the, um, the hint of mystery where you kind of tell half the story and, and make me go, what? And my favorite example, um, is, um, this is a New York post headline from back, I think in the 1960s, there was a gruesome murder in a bar on Long Island and they sent the writer 
out. And back in the day, he had to get on the Long Island Railroad and go out there. And the whole way out there on the train, he's like, the, the body that they found didn't have a head. Oh, sounds gruesome. I hope this story, I don't think it's going to have a happy ending, but it let's is. go with it. It okay. is. The whole way out there, he's like, please let it be a strip club. Please let it be a strip club. Why? Because he'd already written the headline, headless body found in topless bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. a little gruesome. That headline is one of the most famous headlines of all time, because when you saw it, you would go, what? Yeah. So I actually wrote a blog post about headlines using that headline and people would be like, huh? And it made them stop and they're like, okay, I have no idea what this is about. Um, I did another one that was, again, kind of in that same category, a little bit shocking. Cocaine marketing, it takes you more to get high. People know I'm not a drug dealer. They know I'm not talking about selling drugs. So they're trying to to wrestle together. Now, now the trick is, if you're going to go down that hint of mystery, shock and surprise, it's got to fit with your brand. Right. Not everybody can do. And if it's something that you look at and you're like, I'm not comfortable with it, or I don't think my audience will be, then don't go there. I can do it because I have that little bit of edgy as part of my brand. And so I'll be out there. Um, Dialing that back a little bit, you can say something that seems outrageous for your industry. How to ruin your carpet in three easy steps from a carpet cleaning company. Mm, Right, right, right. Unexpected, very unexpected, but not necessarily bordering on a little offensive. Right, Um, okay. You can also do um, kind of that fear and surprise. P- uh, social media has created this, uh, the what is it, FMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. So die into that, uh, dial into that. Um, your competitors already know this, do you? Uh, um, okay, okay, okay. You know, uh, something like, uh, I found too a mine when we do a weekly broadcast, sometimes like what we've noticed is the shorter, like you can't use it every time, but sometimes really short, like this happened again, or mm-hmm. I said no, or just instead of the, you know, like you said, how to learn how to hire effectively long, whatever it was just, they're like, well, what did she know? Say no to, right. That's that yeah. hint of mystery where you're yeah. kind of teasing them. And they're like, well, what is she talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Another style idea that works if you have an audience, if you really know your audience and you know their cultural references, um, it's called illusions where you connect to something that you know your audience is going to remember. So for example, way back, um, this might've been in the eighties, Wendy's had a television commercial with an actress by the name of Clara Peller and Clara was this little tiny little old lady and she would drive up to the window at Wendy's, open up the hamburger bun and there'd be this tiny little um, hamburger in there and she would just cackle, where's the beef? 
Oh, yes, yes. I heard, I listened to a podcast about that. And she did that for something like, I don't know, like she made a whole lot of money off of it and did commercials for years and years. And it was like one of the most profound, impactful branding campaigns. I listened to a whole podcast about this little yes. old lady saying, where's the beef? And so that phrase became synonymous with yeah. where's the substance? What are you really right. talking about? The problem is that you go... Uh, anybody who's of a certain age, we we recognize the where's the beef. Yeah. But that is a cultural reference that will have a diminishing return. Millennials, Gen Z, they don't remember that commercial. Yeah. So you say that and they're like, okay, I think I know what you're talking about, but they have no idea what you're referencing. So if you're going to do a meme or you're going to tie into a cultural reference, it's got to be something your audience will recognize. Right. You have to make sure kind of like a bad dad joke. You have to make sure everyone's going to get your humor, right? Mm -hmm. Which doesn't always translate in copy. So you want to be, you want to be really purposeful about that. So, okay. So we, we got content now and then we have to be mindful about the hook and the title because it could be the best content in the world, but if they don't open it, it's a well-kept secret. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you want to kind of play to that. And then I think on the back end, you want to pay attention to your analytics because Mm. that's going to tell you. um, And I think people kind of get caught up looking at the big picture numbers and they don't dive down and look post by post, page by page, because there are some winners in there and there are some dogs you like this we have a stats meeting every week and we break stuff down and we even take the same post and we switch titles to see okay this is the same post which title did better so Mm -hmm. we have two titles for anything we put out there just to compare and see what happens absolutely and um, so here's the other thing um, you want, you don't, you never want to change your URL. Like you can change your title as much as you want. Yeah. But don't change that URL because that yeah. confuses Google and we don't want to confuse yeah. Google. But if you have a great post and it's doing well, go and one of two things, that post was a winner for six months and then it fell off. Go back and update that post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add, add a paragraph, add a yeah. new picture, add another link, and then resubmit it through Google Search Console to re-index it, okay. create a new social share graphic and reshare it. Um, okay, so hold on, before we get lost in too techy stuff, so I get it, so put it back out as a post, add a picture to all this stuff. The Google index, where do you want us to go with that? So, Does it not pick up just when you update loaded on when you update it on your blog um it will eventually okay so um google search console it this used to be buried underneath google analytics they have spun off and there's now a google search console and google analytics you can access them both with your same gmail address you really should because the the more fine-tuning seo is now done through search console Okay. You okay. are going to need uh, somebody who's a little bit geeky to install the right code. Okay, okay. Gotcha. But once they do that, you go in and you're like, hey, Google, check out this page. So if it's a page you've updated, you submit it and Google will scan it and 
kind of re-index it. Okay. Search engines will get around to it sooner or later. Let's speed it up. If we let's can, let's, we got very little control over Google. If we can help out, we are here to help Google, right? Absolutely. The other thing <laughs> you can see in, in Search Console is it'll it'll index your whole site and tell you which where you have errors, where where things where things don't make Google happy. Right. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Lorraine, you have been fabulous. We just have a few minutes left. What is one last thing you'd like to tell us? And then where can people find you to get more of your brilliance? I think number one, the most important thing that you have to remember is that you are not going to outsmart Google. Okay. Anybody who tells you that this is the latest trick. Oh, yeah, beat yeah. The algorithm. Don't do it. Right. At the end of the day, if you create good, interesting, relevant information, Google will share the love and it'll take care of itself. Okay. Google will love us back people if we're gentle with it. All right. Mm -hmm. Don't be trying to cheat on it or get in the side door or anything else. All right. Lorraine, I'm assuming we can Google you and information will come up about you. <laughs> Absolutely. You can certainly Google me, but um, the two places you can go to find out more. Number one is digitaltoolbox.club. Okay. Okay. It is filled with resources, presentations, webinars, workbooks, tools for small business owners of all types. Certainly your audience will find things in there that are helpful. And the yeah. other thing is just check out my podcast at more than a few words, um, either more than a few words.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fabulous. We will check that out. We'll put that all in the show notes for you guys. Lorraine, thank you so much. It has been a real treat and everyone else will see you in the next episode. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift from chris.com that's free gift g-i-f-t from chris k-r-i-s dot com we are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it